0: Welcome to our bonus podcast. My name is Crystal Taves. I'm one of the pastors here at Northview Community Church, and I'm joined with by Thalia and Greg and Aaron. So I'll have them each uh, share their voices and say hi. Yes, I'm Thalia. I'm regularly
1: here. You know my voice by now. Yeah, hopefully.
2: I'm Greg. I'm uh, continuing my domination of most frequented male <laughs> contributor to the bonus podcast. I think I'm still... Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you're still up there, yeah. Right, we good. had Paul last week, but he hasn't been around long enough to be no, out yet.
2: No, I will take him down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Aaron. My voice is
3: also familiar here, I think.
0: That's right. We are, like we said last week, doing a weekly podcast during the sermon series, the Modern Family Sermon Series that we're doing here at Northview. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, we're going to give you a quick recap of the sermon that was preached in Abbotsford, and then Greg preached in Mission, so we'll give a, a recap of that. And then we want to just talk generally about passages like this. Why don't we skip them and then talk about <laughs> the instructions to wives and instructions to husbands that are found in uh, Ephesians 5, which is the passage we'll be, hmm. we'll be going on. Um, you, If you haven't listened to the sermon, we'd encourage you to do that because we will be reflecting on it. So you can go online, northview.org, under media, and you'll see Greg's sermon in Mission and Jeff's sermon here in Abbotsford. Uh, I haven't heard the extra podcast yet, but they've also been reflecting on sermons during the series, and so I'm guessing that they'll have some other takes on it. What I've been interested in leadi- listening to them in the last little while is that we've both done the same thing, reflecting on the sermon, but we kind of take different tangents, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting to see just how we hmm. approach that differently, but mm-hmm. that's good. Handle more things on it. And Thalia is part of the care department, Paul and Vic, and so if this sermon poked you and you want to talk about it further or ask mm-hmm. for clarifications... Uh, you can email them, care at northview.org. Thalia mentioned that on Saturday night at yep. the service. and So that's kind of the intro pieces. Um, quick recap of Jeff's sermon I will give, and then Greg will do a quick recap of his. Uh, Jeff basically uh, wanted to start off with uh, two big ideas, and then he walked into the roles of a husband, or ro- roles of a wife, roles of a husband based on the passage. The two big ideas were that marriage is a picture of the gospel, and that we need the Holy Spirit in order for our marriage to be a picture of the gospel. And he walked through the five or six verses, I guess, prior to this passage, showing yeah. how uh, Paul's instructions were that we be spirit filled, and part of the role, part of the marks of being spirit filled, one of them was submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this whole passage then flows out of that, mm. that spirit filling. Mm-hmm. And so that was the picture how he started off. The two big pictures that he wanted to have in our minds. Can I chime in for a second? Yes, you can. So we say that as
1: shorthand, and I think at the table we understand that that marriage is a picture of the gospel. Yeah. But my daughter went the next day, Sunday, and she is in first university, 18. And she came home and said, what does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it mean that marriage is a picture of the gospel? Cause we use it as shorthand. So Greg, can you outline for us a little bit what that would look like?
2: Yeah. I mean the, so the gospel generally is the good news of what God has done in the world to redeem a people for himself, um, working through history, the old Testament, and then ultimately finally, uh, everything culminates in his son, Jesus Christ, Eternal God becomes man and does the ministry that needs to be done in order for God to finally win a people for Himself. So the way in which mis- the marriage is a profound mystery for um, this this image of the gospel is because of uh, Christ's sacrificial serving. He won for Himself a, a, the Church to be His bride. Which he will be united with forever in the language in Revelation and other places of the, the great marriage supper of the Lamb and uh, the great joy of the Christian faith being our, our united, our union with Jesus and therefore our relationship with the Father through the Spirit, all of that good Trinity talk. But the, the idea of the, the, the husband. Playing the role of, of Christ in the self-sacrificial leadership so that he can have a union with, with his wife is Paul basically taking a jumping off point and saying, man, this yeah. image of a husband and a wife coming together to become one flesh is this profound, mysterious sign, symbol, image of what it looks like for Christ to have won himself a bride that he will be with and united with forever.
3: Mm-hmm. There's a covenantal relationship in the sense that Christ has to the church, and that a husband and a wife would have,
0: and it would For be sure. very different than a cultural picture of marriage. And so, that idea that a Christian marriage should, should like, because some of these ideas are very countercultural in Paul's day and in our mm-hmm. day, um, it should have a different visual to it that kind of is a gospel presentation mm-hmm. in the way that we interact with each other. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, one of the things I said in my in, in my sermon was that there's both the spouses. Have a a role to play that that looks like Jesus. Yeah. We know from Jesus' ministry that mm-hmm. he was a submitter, um, and we also know in his ministry that he was a leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. so, even though this text doesn't explicitly say be like Jesus, it's it's a very fair theological statement to say that just as Jesus was submissive in the relationships he was called to be submissive in with his father, yeah, and his earthly parents, yeah, uh, so too wives are called to be submissive in, in their relationships with husbands.
3: But it says that earlier in that chapter. Right. On verse 1, it says that we should be imitate or that the Ephesians should be imitators of God as beloved mm-hmm. children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. just just a little earlier
2: yeah, in for this sure. passage.
1: So Christian so, married couples should be asking themselves if our marriages reflect the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mark and I were doing that that day. We were hmm. kind of wondering: Would people looking at our marriage, would our kids looking at our marriage, be able to say that is a picture of the gospel that reflects hmm. Jesus in his both of his roles as submitter and as leader? So that was kind of a good thing to
0: talk about. Yeah. So. And yeah. I think
2: for the, I mean, to not pull away from Paul's imagery, too, of, of the language of the church as the church submits to Christ is the imagery hmm. that that Paul uses, and so it, so it's yes affirming that Jesus was a submitter and so wives have an example in him and yet in the context of marriage it is the imagery of Christ in the church yeah and so it, it's a just just a nuance to add on to that
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that's what jeff did talked about that um marriage being a picture of the gospel and then he just basically talked on the instructions for wives in this passage so that's ephesians 2 or 5 22 to 24 and then the uh, instructions for husbands um, which is a little bit longer. It's chapter two, twenty-six to or twenty-five to thirty, and then he had a few junk, junk drawer things at the end that he yeah. felt he needed to say. Yeah. So how did you go about it, Greg?
2: Yeah, very similar. Uh, my first point was uh, the fuel for marriage, so the Spirit filling us, so that we can do the things that Spirit-filled people do. Yeah. Part of that is being um, how we relate in our relationship of of marriage, uh, and then I did a word for wives and a word for husbands. Uh, and then I closed it off with the meaning of marriage and tried to bring in at the end a, a image of how marriage is a picture of the gospel and all the things I just said about a minute ago. And then I also had a very similar junk drawer type. <laughs> I mean, there's no other real context that is natural to just bring up some of those really key Ideas. Basic ideas of faithfulness so, in marriage and yeah. So I didn't yeah. know. I don't know exactly. I didn't hear jeff sermon. He I don't basically know exactly went,
3: what, "Are you cheating on your spouse?
0: Stop. Yep, Are I you that one. divorcing your spouse? Stop.
2: Okay. Yep. That I, was the I, main juncture. <laughs> Are had, you flirting uh, with
0: somebody? Stop. <laughs> right. Are you flirting with somebody who's not your spouse? Yeah.
2: yeah. I had the flirting, the cheating, and the um, abuse. Mm. Okay. Abuse piece, and then uh, saying to the spouses who are being abused, that the church is a place for them to find safety. So
0: that's
1: good. In a few weeks, you're speaking on the topic of divorce. Mm. I am. Yeah. So yeah. I was saving
2: that for, yeah. In a
1: few weeks. <laughs> Putting the teaser out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because one of the questions Ava came away with on Sunday was, uh, Jeff had said, if you are thinking of divorcing your spouse, stop. So she came home and said, okay, but are there, do you always have to stop? What are the reasons yeah. for divorce? Are there mm-hmm. reasons yeah. for divorce? And Jeff's going, uh, Greg's going to answer that in a few weeks.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be.
0: Stay tuned. That'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So, why don't we just skip passages like this at North? <laughs> okay. If, well, if this I left causes church. things that are like controversial, yeah. why don't we just leave them?
3: I left church on Sunday thinking I am so glad that we go to a church where this was this would be addressed. It so easily could just be skipped over. It's not easy in our culture to talk about this. It's no. super duper misunderstood. And I just think it I'm glad emails. that we just tackle this.
1: Yeah, and people get upset, and then we have people come to the care department, and premarriage people get all upset, and it, this is a tough one. You'd kind of want to kind of wash this away and kind of forget that it's there. So, Greg, it's a hard pill. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, from a like from the pastor's perspective, from the pastor elder perspective, this is just part of shepherding, right? It's just yeah. part of yep. of helping our people understand life and what it means to follow jesus and i mean the fact that this passage is so explicitly tied to what it looks like to be a spirit-filled believer um this is just kind of standard uh discipleship stuff yeah that and, and marriage being such a core part of human society and human relationships um makes it that if we don't talk about stuff like this we're I think we're doing a disservice to our church because we're basically saying, you know what? The Bible doesn't have anything to say about it. So just like read the time magazine about it. And they have some great articles there. And so just read that and see if it's helpful. And that's great. Well, that's not actually enough. So,
0: yeah, it's a disservice to our people. And it's also a disservice to the word of God, right? We're, we're basically saying that we don't, like all of it, and so we're not going to talk about the things we don't like. Whereas we yeah. need to be under submission. To that's our basic premise: is that God's word is authority in our life. And yeah. if we're going to yeah. skip the hard parts, well, we're not really mm. figuring out how to submit to it. Yeah.
2: And, and not only authoritative, but the that it's clear. Yeah, like, and good. It's understandable. Yeah, and it's it's accessible. And like you said, it's good. It and actually good. is for our flourishing. It's yeah. not yeah. just clear, but not not great it's clear and actually if we saw things well we would see it as mm-hmm. as good yeah and as beautiful and as true yeah
0: totally yeah yeah so if you go through any of those doctrines of scripture like the, the fact that it's the, the clarity of scripture and the sufficiency of scripture and that like that's all part of why we preach on hard passages mm-hmm. But I if guess. you're listening
1: to this podcast and this is feeling like food poisoning in your stomach and you're like, that doesn't feel clear and good and my marriage sucks and mm. I don't just hang
0: in there. We're going to get hang there. Hang in there. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get there. So I just <laughs> wanted to give Greg like just a minute or two, not because yeah, we want to yeah. get through some of the other yeah, things. for sure. But you, when you were doing research for your study, mm-hmm. you found a lot of places where people tried to kind of get out from under this text to say that it's actually not that clear or that it means something other than the, the kind of the clear reading of it. So what were the main pushbacks that people had?
2: Yeah. So one of, one of the reasons why I was so excited to be on the schedule for this one um, was because I I held the viewpoint of a lot of the people I listened to before, earlier, went through college and through the first few mm-hmm. years out of college. Uh, so here's... The other viewpoint of what we would have, what Jeff and I would have talked about this weekend, of complementarity in marriage—the fact that there are equal value, separate roles—and those roles express themselves in submission and and uh, sacrificial love, leadership. Um, so I used to hold the the other view called egalitarianism, which is the view that equal in in value still, and yet also equal, no. No separation, no differentiation in in roles in terms of how should this play itself out in a marriage. The idea then of what egalitarianism banks on is the idea of mutual submission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Egalitarians will take that verse, verse 21, as, as a call for mutual submission. The idea that husbands ought to submit to their wives and wives ought to submit to their husbands in a in a back and forth kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the problem with that viewpoint, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way people get there is, is because it sounds like mutual submission, submit to one another. And then it talks about relationships like wives and husbands. The problem though is when we get down to chapter six in Ephesians where it talks about children obeying your parents and then later uh, bond servants obeying their earthly masters. And yet there's nothing in those texts that would lead us to believe that that there should be mutual submission in those dynamics, right. that that parents should ought submit, to likewise submit, to, submit to children and that masters ought to also likewise submit to their bondservants. We wouldn't make that exegetical leap because we don't have any bearing to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do with children and parents and bondservants and masters, we have to do with husbands and wives. We just do. We, we don't have any exegetical grounds to make a decision. A, a, Different point in the wife husband relationship than we would in the children parent relationship, um, and so you might notice if you have an ESV Bible, uh, Ephesians five verse uh, eighteen through twenty one will all appear kind of in one block of text, and that's one paragraph, yeah. and that that's good because it's actually one mm-hmm. one Greek sentence. Um, I'm holding the NIV Bible right now, um, which is a great Bible, and what they do is they separate verse 20 from verse 21 not just as a break in a to not make it a a run-on sentence but they actually put verse 21 as the start of a different Mm -hmm. paragraph and they put it above the wives submit to husbands so that as you're reading it it would be in my estimation an easier read to see mutual submission between husbands and wives whereas in the some of the other versions maybe the nasb or i know the esv they include verse 21 in the same paragraph as verse 20.
0: And that paragraph is all about what it looks like to be spirit-filled, right? Right. The mutual submission Mm -hmm. is part of the being spirit-filled and then the wives submitting into, or wives and husbands is a kind of a different thought or coming out of that thought, but not part of that same sentence.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so they're like wives submitting to husbands and children submitting to parents and bond servants submitting to masters are all examples of what submission looks like when you're spirit-filled. So those are all, so... Paul's right in saying submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The question is, is the one another mean husbands and wives? Or does the one another mean in your relationships where you're called to submit like wives to husbands, like children to parents, like bondservants to masters? So I think the latter is more clear from what the Apostle Paul's is arguing. Um, and even just the explicit words that he uses, he never once calls the husbands to submit. Uh, he never once calls parents to submit or to... Uh, masters to submit. So for us to read that in, mm-hmm. for us to read in mutual submission, um, I get it because I used to do it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really make the most sense of Ephesians five fifteen through six verses. If you look at it as 9, a bigger as a package unit, yeah. If you just look at Ephesians five twenty one through thirty three, you can get there. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: But and that's how I got there. Yeah. But when you look at it as a bigger argument, because sometimes the chapters and the headings in our Bibles and the verses in our Bibles do a really great service for us in understanding and other times it's a disservice Mm -hmm. and in this spot I think it's a disservice for us because we don't see by the bold fonts and the placement of the chapter numbers we don't see Paul's argument very well it looks broken up whereas in reality it wasn't a broken up
0: argument Mm -hmm.
3: I'm cheerfully imagining listeners going and getting their Bibles and trying to figure out where that comma is. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. go go do it.
0: Okay, let's get into some some nitty gritty on this. Uh, we have about half of our podcast left, so uh, Ephesians five twenty one to actually twenty two to twenty four. Does someone want to read that, and then we can talk about kind of the nitty gritty of it? are you can read it. Sure. Are we starting
1: at twenty one, or do you want to start at twenty well, two? Well, start at twenty two. Okay. So in the ESV Bible, the heading is Wives and Husbands. starts at 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. This is a tough passage mm. and the people in my pre-marriage class get all confused and the people I meet with one-on-one because that word submit feels like I said before, food poisoning in your gut. It, yeah. it is a really so why? tough word. Well, I think of if you would take an anonymous poll in our church, people would answer honestly and you'd say, do you touch your phone while you're driving? Whether you text or call or do something. Do you speed? Yeah. Many people would because we don't want to submit to the laws of our land. Never mind, submit to your husband. And if he's a good guy, maybe that's somewhat workable. But if he's a dud or a lame or you don't really like him today, then that is a awful word. We don't like that word. Mm. So submission in general, we don't like the idea of submitting. No, it feels like it's less than. It means I'm less of anything. I have less worth. I'm less. not as good. I have no voice. Yeah. It's just a really terrible word in our culture.
3: There's very little freedom and independence
1: in that yeah. word somehow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think even if we replace the word submission with follow, I think it would have the same effect on us as listeners, because Mm -hmm. I think we in 21st century Western world, we don't like the idea of following anyone Um, so much so that it's just, it's fascinating to me that. So I I went to a Christian uh, high school. I went to a Bible college. I'm in seminary. I have taken so many Christian leadership classes. So many of like how to be a leader. It's it's a massive thing for people to talk about, and in it we we address bad leadership and how to be a better leader and how to lead like Jesus and all that. That's great. I haven't taken one course on how to be a good follower.
3: How to be a good submitter. Like like how to how
2: to submit well. And what's what's interesting about this text? If we read this text in a unit from Ephesians five fifteen through uh, six verse nine, which I think we should. Yeah. Then. It, it's very likely that there are listeners in the original context who were husbands and called to to lead, who were also bond servants,
0: right? Who right. were called
2: to submit. submit to after, just like a yeah. few verses later. Yeah. that in this section, mm-hmm. you have you have the same guy being told, hey, in this relationship, you're called to lead like Jesus and love like Jesus. In this relationship, you're called to submit to your master because what you do to your master is what you're doing for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, and so here is a good balance of what it looks like to live as a Christian that in some contexts you lead Mm -hmm. and in some contexts you don't. Mm And, and, and we don't like that language. No. We'll, we'll say, well, even if I'm not the leader, I'm a leader. I'm an, I'm an influencer. Yeah. And now we just change the word leader to influence. <laughs> and anywhere you have influence, you, you're leading.
0: So you're saying it's the concept. It's not so much the, even the word submit. It's the concept yeah. of being having to be underneath someone else's direction or guidance yeah. yes. or going along with something that you don't necessarily like. Right. fully buy in.
2: So this is totally anecdotal. But when I was preaching in mission, I was saying, you know, there's the idea of submission. A lot of people don't like it. It's that food poisoning thing, right? And there's a lady kind of nodding her head and being like, totally. And I'm looking at her and being like, but if I said follow instead of submit, does that help? And she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) She's not verbally with me, but like she feels the same way about follow or submit. And so it's not just that that's a dirty word. It's the concept is the issue. Mm -hmm. But
3: somebody who grows up in our culture as a young lady a girl you grow up thinking i can do anything i can be anyone yeah. nobody can inhibit this anymore
1: yes. yeah mm-hmm. there
3: used to be these chains and now yeah. there's no chains i can do it all yeah and then someone throws this submit word at you and it kind of just ugh, i don't know how to fit that all together yeah. because i was just told for the last 30 years i can do anything i want to yeah and that's not a truth
2: well and no. i mean there's a few a few things that i again, that I said in the sermon that I think are worth repeating here. One is that like role does not equate with value. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's huge. But the other part is that in this passage, it's, it's not all women submit to all men. Right. Mm-mm. It's not a, it's not strictly a gender thing at a gender general rule. It's a very specific husband's wives thing. Yeah. And so for people to use this text as they have done of, of making it a male-female issue—that all females are called to submit to all males—is just flat wrong. Paul even can't be more clear than saying, "As to your own husband, husband yeah. uh-huh. not, not just to like your brother-in-law, not just like the husbands.
0: Your, yeah, like if right. a guy's
2: a husband, that means he's an authority over. It. No, if he's your yeah. husband, sure. Yes. And so that that part, so that's where the the nuance of the you can do anything you want, you can be anything you want, the the kernel or the like. The the truth in that is that yeah there are all kinds of contexts where women should be pursuing leadership and should mm-hmm, be pursuing yeah. how to educate themselves how they can mm-hmm. grow Support in their sphere of yeah. what they're involved in if it's sports if it's business if it, whatever it is mm-hmm. like and within yes, the church too totally yeah, yeah. and and our, make her our own view, decisions yeah, yeah totally so our our view on Northview with with church leadership would be that we reserve the role of elder for men mm-hmm. um, but outside role of elder we encourage and train women mm-hmm. to be involved in all levels awesome. of leadership
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah including bible teaching and preaching and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah yeah so where do you see confusion confusion in this like thalia as you talk to pre people or people that come in and talk to you where where do people get this wrong I think one way people get it wrong yeah. is to think that means they have to be a doormat. Yes. Mm-hmm. They don't as women they can't have any opinion or any idea. They Decisions. have to just kind of be a blank slate. Yeah. And that's not at all what the Bible teaches. Like there's so many spirited women within scripture yeah. that have opinions and thoughts and mm-hmm. part of are part of what Jesus is doing. So that would not be Yeah. That doormat idea is not. Well, part and of the it. thing you
3: bump up against too is, but what if I don't agree?
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. So what if I try this submission thing and then he, my husband wants to do
1: something different than what my opinion is what if I don't agree with that well and we would say to husbands and wives talk endlessly talk ad nauseum because a wife as a helper in this role, has a responsibility to help her husband by bringing her thoughts and her opinion and any mm-hmm. education she has gained to this argument, mm-hmm. to be able to push and pull. Like Jeff mm-hmm. said in his uh, one of his examples, he used, he didn't talk about how he and Jeannie had talked over and over and over again about the seminary they would choose, but you wouldn't, your husband just wouldn't bring an idea, and the wife says, "Yes, dear, that's where it goes." Mm-hmm. No, 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 <laughs> we have to bring everything that we are to a discussion and go around and around until we come to a better option. Like Crystal and I have this all the time because uh, in our pastors meetings with Robin, we are the three there, and the senior leadership team and our elders will often bring an idea, and we don't like it at first, and so <laughs> we have to go round and round with them to try and come up with mm. back and forth, and sometimes we've had to submit, we've had to say, you know what, you're our leaders, and so we will do this, we don't agree, but we'll do this, and usually it turns out to be a better idea,
0: and it's great, like the venue pastor idea, we didn't like that at first, But But part of the discussion that we added to it changed some of the idea, which then made it more maybe successful in the end. And so that would be a similar thing within a marriage relationship, Mm -hmm. right? To bring it back to the marriage one is that that Mm. interplay of ideas and of back and forth Mm -hmm. and might change the direction or might influence direction. But ultimately, I think as wives were called, as long as it's not a moral, sinful, legal thing... And as long as we've had good input and discussion, mm-hmm. like not that we have to be brainless and brain dead, I think then we're called to just say, yeah, look, I'm going with you on this and we'll sort it out.
1: And we don't have to submit to everything our husbands want because some things they want are not good for them. No. Like they they want us to have the meals ready every day and to have their slippers ready and to have the, give them the remote <laughs> control and they can play video games for six hours after they get home from work. That's not good for them. Yeah, They actually need to be helping with kids and around the house. And so we have to gently say... If you want to be a good husband, you want to be a good dad, you want you to want be a good you want your kids worker, to have great memories yeah. of you
0: when you when they grow up, you this is how you things. need to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so sort
1: of a gentle kick butt, like, come on, we got to do mm-hmm. that for the good of our husbands in their role.
0: Yeah, so part of that helper is helping that husband be the person that God's created them to be. And yeah. we're all naturally lazy and need kick butt sometimes. Yeah. So how do we do that well as wives, mm-hmm. respectfully, kindly, gently, like that's still, I think, something you don't want to just be the mm-hmm. nagging. Because we're part, in part marriage
3: is meant to refine us, Yeah. one of God's tools to refine us as married people, there's a benefit there to become more like Christ through this kind of shaving
0: off of all these yucky parts that your spouse notices. (laughs) (laughs) Some women will say to me, well, I would submit to my husband if he was a godly leader, but because Mm -hmm. he's not, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where I know you, you're going to add some things on your part there, Greg, when you talk about husbands, but there's a part where each of us is accountable to God for ourselves, regardless of what our spouse is, whether they're godly leaders or, or godly submitters or whatever, right? We're still accountable to God for how we interact within that marriage. And I so I think we need to keep mm-hmm. that in mind. It's not based on how good or not that spouse is of ours. We're still called by God to act a certain way. So how, if we have a husband who's not maybe a spiritual leader, how can we still show godly submission and respect and honour mm-hmm. them to the kids and honour them to the mm-hmm. people in our families and speak well of them and... Mm-hmm. You know, be respectful. Like there's still a lot that we can do.
1: Well, and we often have
0: um, women that are believers who are married to
1: people who men who are not believers. Mm -hmm. And so one way they submit and we see regularly is their husband will say, why are you always at church? Why are you always at Mm. women's Bible study? Why are you always going here, there and everywhere church? And so we've had some believing wives say, "Okay, okay. so what can we do here? I would like to go to church on the weekends and I'd like to go to one other thing. Husbands are like, okay, yeah, sure. Monday night Bible study is great, and so they push and pull on the issue so that she can grow in her faith. Yeah, but he also can have time with her, or time with his buddies, or time to do his hobbies. So there's a a, a voluntary cooperation between them so that both flourish. Right, and she's allowing right. him, you know, to do his thing. Yeah, I don't know if I said that exactly yeah. correctly,
3: but it, I think yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally right.
0: So in mm. the, the first part, oh, sorry,
3: no, no, I was just going to say that there is the passage in First Peter that is specifically, I believe, for wives who have unbelieving yeah. spouses. And it's about submission in that situation that you should continue submitting as long as it's things that would be godly that would be fall under mm. because that's a witness God's directives. Right? Yeah. Yeah. As a witness. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The call to submit as to the Lord yeah. is is helpful, I think, because it means that you're submitting you still only have one Lord. His name's Jesus. Your your husband's not your Lord. Jesus is. And so submit yeah. to your husband as you would to the Lord in the sense that you're, you're not going to do something. You're not going to agree to do something in your marriage that Jesus would say, don't do that Yeah. because <laughs> you only have one Lord. So you submit to Jesus. Right. And, but a lot of times the ways where, where people can be called, wives can be called to submit is in those non-moral, just should we live on East side of Abbotsford or West side of Abbotsford? Maybe west because it's closer to commuting and it will shave twenty minutes off my time. Yeah, but I like the schools over here. Yeah, but my family lives over there. Okay, yeah. like those kinds of things. Yeah, whether you live in east or west Abbotsford isn't a following Jesus issue. Right. So are you going to submit to your husband as to the Lord? Is kind of a part of the paradigm mm-hmm. that I think is helpful. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think it's, go ahead. I just think it's part of a wife's attitude there is part of also bringing down the walls that might be in a relationship, same Mm -hmm. as a husband's can be, right? So if you show yourself willing to be agreeable and to go along, then the husband's defenses might come down more Mm -hmm. and he might be more open to interaction and discussion. Mm -hmm. But if you're Mm -hmm. continually both putting up walls saying, I'm not gonna submit and he's saying, well, I'm not gonna lead well or whatever, those walls get higher and higher and Mm -hmm. you never get towards that mutual goal.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we didn't really mention abuse, but you did a bit, Greg. Let's be clear. Yeah, (laughs) we have to make it clear that wives do not submit to abuse. We say, no, actually abuse is not allowed. Verbal, physical, emotional, spiritual, doesn't matter. No abuse is good for anyone. And so we say, no, I'm not going to work under that. We need to stop that and get help as needed.
2: Yeah. And that's where talking through your situation with someone like Mm -hmm. yourself, Thalia, or Vic, or Paul, or whatever is helpful because they can provide insight into your situation that actually, yes, that is abuse. Yeah. Or actually no I don't know if that counts as abuse. Right. It's just something you don't like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right? true. And you and yeah. have to so learn right. to stick up for yourself a little bit or whatever. Yeah. Right. right, and yeah. so, yeah. So nitty-gritty for husbands. There's a lot of actual instructions here where yeah. the husbands weren't really getting angry, I don't think, or I don't think there's as much emotional reaction from husbands to this passage. I don't know, maybe there are, but what kind of nitty-gritty f- things did you come up with that people were kind of questioning or trying to understand?
2: Um, I-, I think the... The thing for husbands that is not like, I, I wouldn't explain it as a food poisoning in the gut. I'd explain it as this feeling of like a ton of weight put on mm, your shoulders, Yeah,
0: it's like, oh, I've got to do all that. Yeah. And,
2: and a recognition of like, oh man, I'm totally not that. Uh, this t- The command to love like Jesus loved the church could not be I don't know if there's a harder command to follow than to have that kind of others focused, self-sacrificial. It's not about you. It's about actually everyone else. Um, that, that is hard for guys who are raised in a context that says that, you know, strong manhood is about having, you know, clear examples of what you want to have in your life and sticking with it and not letting anything Mm -hmm. or anyone change that. And, it's just what was fascinating to me as I was studying this passage and thinking through implications of it, of, you know, pursuing our wife's holiness and what does it look like for me mm-hmm. to, to, to make sure that Sarah's growth in Christ is my, my primary goal in life? Um, what does it look like for me to make sure that she's being nourished and cherished and taken care of physically and emotionally, and mentally, at, just as much as I would want that for myself? Mm-hmm, how, yeah. how does that play itself out? What I realized was that this call to love like Jesus just blows up chauvinism. Hmm. That There is yeah. no room for chauvinism within this call to love like Jesus because hmm. Jesus was the King of kings and Lord of lords who got on his knees and washed his disciples' feet.
0: Yeah, and went to the cross for them. And and exactly, yeah, went to the cross for beat rebels beat, yeah.
2: who didn't want to submit to him. They yeah. wanted to kill him, <laughs> yeah. and he still did it out of love, and that's how he won himself the bride that he's united with. And so, so what that means for, for guys is that it actually doesn't matter if our wives are submissive or not. Um, that, that has no bearing on the Wait. implication for our, our command to love like Jesus does. We, we, we serve and we lead in ways that lead to their flourishing. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna look like some stuff that that might not fit the typical gender roles that the culture would wanna say that guys are supposed to do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the things that was fascinating for me is I was like hip deep in egalitarianism and, and its arguments <laughs> and this, its authors yeah. and all that stuff. Was a lot of the stuff they were pointing to of what mutual submission looks like, I I didn't think was a fair example because that's what it could look like for husbands to serve their wives like Christ served the church. So they would say stuff like, "Well, in the marriage where there's mutual submission, sometimes the husbands will change the diapers," and I'm like, "Well, that's not like that doesn't count. Like egalitarians can't take as their own the idea of husbands changing diapers, or of like husbands (laughs) staying home with the sick kids, like that, like a good." complementarian mm-hmm. should view the like waking up with the baby in the middle of the night as a way to serve his wife. So she can be like sleeping sometimes, Yeah, sometimes so that she can be healthy. Mm-hmm. So maybe once in a while, even if you have work the next day, you realize your wife's woken up weeks on end with the kid at 3am every once in a while to love like Christ, even though you have to go to work the next day and it's going to be tough. You get up at three Yeah, yeah, and you stay up with the baby until they fall back asleep mm-hmm. because yeah. that's, even though Jesus was the leader, he was a servant and servants do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my main point is that I think the nitty gritty of this for guys is gonna look different depending on the age, um, your, your age range, your, your age stage, your, um, your wife's needs and um, goals and dreams and all that kind of stuff. So there is no like, this is how to live out Ephesians mm-hmm. five in your marriage, but there is the principle of putting her spiritual growth first. So whatever it looks like to make sure she grows in Jesus, you gotta do that. And her physical well-being has Mm -hmm. to be in your mind. So whatever it looks like for that to happen, it means you have to be willing to do that, which looks a lot like giving up of our own preferences.
1: Yeah. I tell my pre-marriage people that this starts on day one of I do. So when, Mm. uh, before you're married, you are not a husband, you are not sacrificially loving your wife because you don't have one yet. And wives are not submitting to their husbands because they don't have one yet until Mm. they say I do. And then it starts. So we need to allow husbands and wives to grow like when you start off in this role, you're not so good day one and you're probably not year one, but it should grow over a lifetime of marriage. Totally. And so pre-married people, I'd really encourage you not to expect your boyfriend, girlfriend or fiance to be like your parents, yeah. because parents have had a lot of years of working on this if they're Christians and they're trying to live this mm. out. Like I look, I'm almost at 25 years. I've been working on this for 25 years. I'm still not so awesome in this role. I still have trouble submitting at church and at home and still working on it on a regular basis, but I'm sure better at it now than year one. Mm. So keep growing in this area, learn what this is like, mm-hmm. keep making steps forward.
2: I think the other thing I said to um, in my sermon was, we really do have to let let the command to the other spouse sit with them yep. mm-hmm. and take care of our own business. Yep. Like yeah. good good teams know that their players need to play the role they need to play for the success mm-hmm. of the team. Yeah. And if you're so fixated and you spend your mental energy and mm-hmm. your emotional energy focusing on what your spouse is being called to do, you're not actually giving your own, your own role a yeah. shot at taking place. And when so you... if, to both of my points, when I gave my word for wives and word to husbands, I was saying, you know what, don't even really listen to what I'm saying to the other spouse. Yeah. Like you can, because yeah. I want you to pay attention, but but don't don't carry their command. Yeah. And don't don't use it as a weapon to say, you're not submitting yeah. or you're not loving me like Jesus. Like these aren't, these commands aren't to be used as weapons. They're supposed or to be excuses. felt by. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: just yeah. So he, be, didn't, <laughs> just so he didn't want to hear any yeah, nudging, elbow nudging. Elbow nudging. Yeah. 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 But
0: it's true when you think of it. Like, so if at Northview here, if I was so concerned about what the discipleship department was doing and what, what the music department was doing in the youth, and I'd never got my own work done, like that's yeah. ridiculous, right? We all have yeah. our own lane yeah. that we're yeah. kind of supposed to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and not worry. Like just and that are responsible for. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that actually helps me to take a breath because you think of a soccer team. Yeah, If the goalie is so busy oh. trying to score goals, <laughs> he's not guarding the net. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you kind of have to think, oh, yeah, I better just do my part. Or critiquing the person, yeah. the
0: forward that's not scoring the goals or whatever, oh, right? Yeah. We, we're only responsible for our little... Mm-hmm piece of the grass. So we could pray for our spouses.
1: That would be something that would help to release it into God's hands to pray for them that Mm -hmm. God would grow that Mm -hmm. in them and then just keep working on our own part. Yeah. Well, why don't you pray that as we end? Okay. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Lord, all I can think of as we uh, talk about this topic is that we really need you. Mm -hmm. Lord, we are so thankful that you've given us Holy Spirit, to help us. We really need you in our roles. Thank you that we are created equal, created equal in value and in worth, that you love us so much. But Lord, you have created us for different roles, and I pray that you would help us to understand our roles in marriage and in the church and to walk forward in them. And Lord, where we mess up, I pray that we would be gently convicted and that we would repent and we would um, confess and continue to walk forward with you, that we would quickly ask forgiveness of our spouse. Please, Lord, help us as we walk forward in marriages. And for those, Lord, that are not married yet or want to be again, please, Lord, I pray that they would consider these words and walk closer to you in them. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh,
0: as we end, I just want to remem- remind you, too, that if you go on to the sermon series, <laughs> um, Media... Uh, Whatever website page, there's a button that says uh, resources for the Modern Family series and so there's lots of books there I know there's uh, maybe some video series a bunch of different things Paul Tripp is coming to Willingdon Church Mm -hmm. at the beginning of May he is a great Mm -hmm. marriage speaker he talks about what did his topic is what did you expect and it's looking at the expectations you had coming into marriage and how those aren't necessarily met and And so there's lots of great resources Um, so that's beginning of May Willingdon, it's only like 20 bucks or something it's ridiculously cheap so we have lots of resources if you if this is just kinda of wet an appetite for you. Yes. So don't feel like this is the, the final word. Hmm. Okay. Until next time.